Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, Marshfield and the rest of the South Shore of Boston. My name's Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. Alrighty, we have a plan today. We always have a plan on this show. The general topic is investing. We don't do too many pure investment-related shows, but this is going to be one of them. It's pretty heavy-duty and technical stuff for many folks. Uh, And uh, we're going to spend two hours on a a variety of investment topics. Uh, But uh, and by the way, my my uh, sidekick, uh, business partner, and son Justin uh, is with me this morning because he knows more about investments than I do. Are you there, my son? I am here. How are you? All right, thank you. Let's see. Have you gone from vice president of investments to senior vice president yet because of your age, or how do I introduce you anyway? <laughs> I don't turn forty until uh, next month. So. All right, th- then we'll call you. Yeah, maybe. The, yeah, the four. Okay, so we'll just we'll pretend your title is vice president of investment or director of investment research at McNamara Financial Services. Uh, uh, folks, uh, if you've listened to the show before, I'm the big picture guy. Justin is in the details and and uh, on the investing front because he basically uh, runs our investment money. That's an old Wall Street term from somebody who's been in the business for a long time. Uh, so, so Just, why don't you? Kind of, how about a broad introduction to the two or three or four of the things we're going to touch on in the next hour? So, some kind of an order so people can kind of get an idea where we're going here, okay? Sure. Uh, I think the first thing we're going to do 
is talk about uh, diversification, right? So we've had a long run in the markets here, specifically in the U.S., where things have been terrific. And when that happens, especially when your point of reference is the um, the U.S. market, and that's the market that's done that's done well, people start to look around at the rest of their portfolio and say, "Hey, you know, why do I have?" this other thing in my portfolio that you know these international stocks these emerging markets these bonds all that good stuff uh so we we thought we'd talk a little bit about diversification and try to you know go go through some of the benefits of it uh why it's you know why we are doing it and you know try to educate people on you know what we're doing and why you want to stick with your diversified portfolio as opposed to uh, you know as opposed to make any changes basically e- even though sometimes it hurts you or wonder about it basically right that's correct yep. yeah. yeah yeah I mean okay. diversification is a good long-term strategy but like anything else not always a good short-term strategy right I mean you know yeah. it, and in fact diversification is is always worse than picking the you know picking whatever the best investment asset is at any given time uh, but since no one can do that that's you know that's sort of the point of diversification that's why you diversify <laughs> okay so after we go from there where are we going uh, then we'll go into some of just I think we go into some of the ways that people invest I mean we, we, we touched on this a little bit last uh, last show that we did together but there are a lot of terms out there that get thrown around in the financial media and I thought we'd go through a bunch of those and just make sure that uh, people are, are sort of up on the terms that you know that they're hearing and reading and, and try to explain them and um, you know sp- make sure that people you know know <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm stepping over my words here um, yeah. trying to you know, educate people on what they're hearing and explain and you know why, some why of the, most of the stuff they shouldn't do basically right no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> try to figure out what they should listen to and what they shouldn't when they hear you know we'll, we'll, we'll go over some terms like you know like smart beta and fast factor investings and, and try to point out you know what might be what might be fads and we'll explain you know we'll certainly explain them and say you know this might make sense for some people at some at, you know in, in some circumstances but it doesn't make sense for everybody just because it's the new hot thing on, uh, you know, in Wall Street and the financial markets doesn't mean everybody needs it. Yeah. Uh, so okay. I thought we'd spend some time going through all of that uh, and just going through some terms and, and making getting people educated. Okay. Uh, too, too much information out there, folks. Uh, but folks, if you, if you have listened to this show before uh, and if Reader's Digest is still in business, we're going to kind of give you the Reader's Digest version of most things because it's really tough to get into great details in the radio show. And for most people, it's not appropriate anyway. So we'll, we'll talk in general terms and get into a few specifics uh, here just to kind of give you an idea of what's going on out there. Uh, this, this is a call-in talk radio show. Uh, our telephone number is... 781-837-4900. You know, the the official big name title for this show is investing. uh, And uh, Justin and I have some material that that we can easily take two hours to discuss. But but it's much more fun uh, to have people call uh, in with investment-related questions. And so so let me give you some examples. We'd love to be interrupted anywhere along this show uh, with with a caller who has a question about investments or investing, okay? And... 
Let me give you uh, some ideas, uh, folks, of uh, some of the questions you could ask us. Uh, you're the, we're, we're both certified financial planner practitioners. We're, like, moderately intelligent about a number of financial things, and uh, we, we might be able to, to help you with some questions. And so if you haven't called this show before, you're, we're polite, we speak English, and we'll be nice to you. Uh, anyway, so maybe you got a question about your 401k. Uh, maybe... You have a question about your investment strategy or if I wanted to get technical, your asset allocation. You know, should I have more stocks and less bonds or vice versa? You know, what, what's my optimum investment mixture for my age or circumstances? That's a biggie, folks, from our point of view. Uh, you, you might have a question. Geez, you've got these investments. Maybe it's in your IRA or your 401k, and there's a performance issue. Uh, by the way, if you have a diversified portfolio with eight or ten different pieces in there, by by nature, there's always going to be something underperforming. Uh, and so if you have any kind of a question, maybe you're looking at your account and saying, it's not doing too well, should I be concerned? Sort of a thing. Um, if you think investing is confusion, uh, we can take that up a notch when it comes to annuities. There are many kinds kinds of annuities. They can, and we get a headache sometimes trying to read how some of the new ones work. They're making new ones all the time. So if you got this thing called an annuity and you're not sure quite what it is or how it's doing or how why you should have one or not have one, that, that might be a pretty good reason to give us a holler. Uh, maybe you got a question about uh, the best way to go and go about saving for college. Uh, and maybe you're retired or about to retire. You've got this nest egg and you're thinking, well, okay, you know, d- how do I get income from this? You know, where do I go for money? What, what's the plan to tap my nest egg for the income that I need uh, above and beyond my, my social security or pension payments? I mean, there's obviously, folks, a, a gazillion questions that relate to investments. And, uh, you know, we would much rather spend the next two hours talking to five or ten callers than, than amongst ourselves here. I think it's uh, a lot more meaningful for a lot of our listeners. So any question about investing is on the table for the next two hours. Our telephone number, 781-837-4900. And we'd happily uh, be interrupted anywhere along the way here uh, from about a question from investing. It's 781-837-4900. We have open lines right now, which means that's a radio euphemism for saying nobody's calling yet, but we're hoping, right, Jess? We're hoping. You got it. All right, so. Oh, all right, my son, where, where would you like to begin? By the way, you emailed me uh, the, uh, the the chart we're going to discuss, and I just want you to know I have a headache, and I can't yes. see most of it, okay? But that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of data. I, did, it looks like you spent a lot of time on this. I'm not sure I if you did. just downloaded well, You did? Oh, what? You know, we're not big Wall Street. We're not a big Wall Street firm, so we don't have... I mean, I'm, I'm sure someone somewhere has this all at the push of a button, but I had to... I was manipulating spreadsheets last night. I had to find right. raw data and calculate returns and all that stuff. All that kind of fun stuff. Hey, it was good that you actually did some work for the show. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that, you know? <laughs> uh, anyways, okay, so I, you know, since, since we are going to talk about diversification, I thought the thing that we should do first was just explain it uh, and, and how it works. Okay, so, uh, and, and we are going to be talking about portfolio diversification at the asset class level. I hope that's not too many, um, you know, too many big words. And, and I will contrast that with diversification, say, at a, at a mutual fund level, right? A very popular investment now is uh, an S&P 500 index mutual fund, okay? Um, the S&P 500 index, obviously, as the name suggests, has 500 companies in it. 
and the reason why people buy investments that have 500 or or you know 100 or 2000 companies is because the diversification of of owning many companies generally speaking beats the the risk that's associated with holding just one or two right if if one of the S&P 500 goes out of business that's a big deal if that's the only stock that you own uh, if you know if GE goes goes under and you have all your money in GE then you're going to lose all your money uh, whereas if you have the S&P 500, which I assume GE is still in, um, although I, 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 don't, I don't know that for sure, uh, then you'll probably be just fine. You may not even notice it other than the headlines that you read in the news that say GE has gone out of business, right? So, so there's, there's that kind of diversification owning many, many companies. And in this case, the case of the S&P 500, that is in one sort of asset class, right? The, the S&P 500 is large company or large cap U.S. stocks. Yep, so, so, with, so we're talking about within one category, maybe the best way to say that, you know, in that case, large company U.S. stocks. It, it's funny, you know, it's a lot safer to own 500 companies than one Sometime, most of the time, it's a lot less profitable because that one company could be a screamer if you happen to get lucky, but you don't right. want to have you don't have luck in your retirement planning equation. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So. So. Right. The average. You know. The. The. The S and P five hundred return will be just be the average of all the companies' returns in it, and some of them will be higher. Some of them will be lower. Right. So you know you would you would just make a guess that some roughly half would be would get a below average return and roughly half would get an above average return. And obviously, the ones that have the greatest returns would be, uh, you know, will we'll get significantly better returns over some time periods than the S and P as a whole. But you know, that's that's a trade off that most people are now willing to make, uh, as you know, owning mutual funds, index funds has really taken over um, for owning individual securities. Thank goodness. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that's that's one type of diversification. The the type that we're going to focus more on is portfolio diversification, where, in our case and in the case of most investors, you're talking about you're owning mutual funds or exchange traded funds (ETFs) uh, in various asset classes. So different types of investments. So, large company U.S. stocks, the S&P 500 is one. You know, then you might add in small company U.S. stocks. You might add in international developed market stocks. So the developed world. You might add in international emerging market stocks, the emerging world. Uh, and then you can get into bonds, short-term bonds, intermediate-term bonds, high-yield bonds, municipal bonds. You name it. Um, and you can build a portfolio that's as you know almost as diverse as you'd like it with at the asset class level. And anytime someone has had a uh, has you know has opened up a 401k at work or gone online to do some investing, we all have these pies, uh, and I'm sure everyone knows what I'm, what, what I'm talking about when I say that, that those are asset, th- those pies are, represent diversified mixtures of asset classes, right? So all those pies, you know, the, the pie, each pie slice will be a different asset class, large cap, small cap, mid cap. Okay. Yeah. Am I good so far? You're, you're absolutely good so far. By the way, folks, just a, a little background from the old guy. Uh, you know, the basic flavors, which is primarily in the stock world we just mentioned, have yep. been around for a while. And there are some what I would call basic flavors uh, in the uh, in the bond world. Uh, one of the good news, bad news uh, things about the investment industry, I suppose any industry, is that they're, they're always creating 
new flavors uh, because it's a marketing-driven industry. I'm sorry to say, folks, they like to keep the investor interest up. Uh, and, and so every once in a while, something new works out fine and becomes standard. A lot of the, and this works, I guess, in anybody's world, never mind just the investment world, but a lot of the new things, uh, you can be on the bleeding edge uh, of new things, and, and that could you know, kind of get confusing and, and dangerous. So there, there's tons of different, uh, well, not tons, but there are now numerous categories or flavors of investments out there, and literally, they keep inventing more and more all the time. You okay with that, Demi? Yes, yes. So that, you know, so- <laughs> You know, I don't know how long they, the, how long ago the pies came together, right? Probably yeah. as soon as you got out of the individual security world, then you're into mutual funds, yeah. and then they had to start defining the mutual funds, right? They, you know, they, oh, these are large. You know, this this fund invests in large U.S. companies. This one invests in small U.S. companies, and so then we had those pie slices, and now it seems like we're just subdividing the pie slice. Yeah. Right? Now it's now yeah. it's oh, you have your uh, you have your large cap yeah. fund. But, you know, this one, now you want to have your large cap, uh, you know, uh, low, uh, you know, your momentum driven stocks in your large cap sleeve. And you want to have your uh, your low volatility stocks in your large cap sleeve. You want to have your dividend paying stocks in your large cap sleeve. So, yeah, they they just sort of keep subdividing it. And we, you know, we're we're mostly going to talk very big picture and stuff that's been around for a long time and pretty I would say pretty tried and true. We're, we're certainly not going to be. This discussion is not going to touch on anything that's uh, that's probably what what may end up being mostly a marketing gimmick. I would say. Yeah, there's unfortunately there's a whole lot of this industry, probably any industry that that that's into marketing. And you know, how do you get new customers or new interest? You keep it fresh and you do things. I mean, I, I, and by the way, the the other thing. So any any organization or institution or person that develops a new thing in the investment world, you know, it's their job to convince the rest of the world that there should be a basic flavor in a portfolio sort of a thing. Uh, I can clearly remember before your time in the business, my son, talking with some folks uh, about cable television. Cable, this is way back when, and a cable TV investment should be a basic flavor. In your portfolio, okay, and and by the way, you, you know those public storage warehouses that are around that sure. on. Okay, I can clearly remember folks representing those industries or companies saying, you know, your public storage properties, you you know, you should have storage warehouses in your portfolio as a basic flavor. Well, you know, how far, how far do we want to go, my son? Right? I mean, it's just yeah. uh, it's it's absolutely overwhelming with the the new flavors, and you know, we're going to stick with the big ones folks because uh, they work for like 99% of the folks who are listening to us as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah, And okay. they're still going, right? Remember uh, more recently, uh, infrastructure was supposed to be a part of everyone's portfolio. Yep, yep. Ch- there you go. China. Yep. You know, China has its own asset class. Oh, yeah. Yep. Everybody it's, it's, wants to get into your pocket, your investment pocket, my friend. Never ending. It, 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 it is never ending. And, you know, and the reason it, it's, I guess, never, it's, it's good that you have change, but there's a lot of bleeding and carnage along the way and when it comes to evolution sort of a thing. So, yep. So, folks, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the relatively boring and basic stuff, and uh, that's not a good reason to, to tune us out as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks, this is the Call In Talk radio show. If you have a question for us that relates to investing, 781-837-4900. Okay, so we're going to start on this chart I'm looking at, Marcel. Well, yeah, let's, well, oh, first what? let's go over the kind of the benefits of diversification, j- just so okay. people understand where, you know, where we are as a starting point. Then we'll get into, you know, that chart is more, I guess, 
I don't know, justification is not the right word, but more yeah. of an explanation. Back up. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when you're divert, the, the reason that we are building these pies, and let's take a, a, a simplified uh, pie, uh, we'll, we'll take large cap uh, U.S. stocks, international stocks, and say bonds, right? And we can mix those however we'd like to mix them. It doesn't really matter for the purposes of this example. Um, but the, you know, the reason that we might pick those three stocks is because they have what are called different correlations, right? So we're going we're gonna to use a relatively large term. All correlation means in the investment industry is how is how similar how similarly the prices of various investments moves, right? Historically, stocks and bonds have not moved in the same direction at the same time. Um, I mean, there are certainly times when they do, but if you look at them, if you look at the relationship between stocks and bonds over long periods of time, there are regularly times when stocks are going up and bonds are going down, and there are also regularly times when uh, stocks are going down and bonds are going up. All right, yeah, you so, w- so wish you had those boring old bonds for 100% of your money sometimes, That's right. right. <laughs> so those, <laughs> exactly. So those are, you know, th- those are, those two assets, stocks and bonds, are not perfectly correlated, which means they are moving at different times in different directions at different times. Okay, and then yep. the, the reason that you're building multiple asset class portfolios is, you know, you, inevitably what you want to do is you want to add assets that are not correlated to one another. Right? There would be no point in bu- in buying five different investments that all moved in the same direction. Right? This was the old, you know, you know, back in the two thousands, owning. 10 different technology stocks really wasn't a diversified portfolio, right? Yeah. Because a, a lot of the pressures, you know, a lot, a lot of the the market pressure in any given direction would affect those stocks similarly, right? O- obviously, when you're talking about five different companies, you know, they're, they won't all perform exactly the same. But when the market moves, when the global economy moves and things change, they, they, have, they all face similar pressures and they're likely to move in similar directions. So that, you know, that would be a, an example of a not very well uh, uncorrelated you know, bunch, of, uh, bunch of portfolio assets, whereas stocks and bonds would be. You know, gold is another pretty classic example. You hear about gold a lot, especially when the market goes down because it tends to go up uh, in in panic times, and so gold yeah. is a, another asset that is not correlated well to the stock market. Yeah. Now, by the way, folks, there there may be some folks out there thinking, well, well, wait a minute, why why wouldn't I want to own three or four things that go all go in the same direction? Well, because then you're really thinking, I want to own three or four things that all go in the same direction, and that direction is up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and well, then then if you're thinking that's a good plan, well, then the problem is you've got to go and pick which asset classes or pieces, you've got to pick the ones that are going to do well in the future right? and, and avoid the ones that are going to do poorly. And then you're going to have to know like when to get into that particular flavor or category and when to get out of it. And folks, we have a newsflash for you. Nobody knows that information. And if you buy that that you can't know the future. That's probably one of the foundations of diversification, right? You, you can't know the future. Right. Uh, if you buy into that, well, first of all, we're going to be pounding that to death as a theme here for the rest of the show. But if you buy into that, well, then the flip side of that is if you look at your 10 different 
uh, you know, flavors on a monthly basis or however you look at them, there's always a few of them are going to be second wind, uh, professionally speaking, temp- temporarily. And so there's the flip side of that on, on the other side. So, folks, it, it seems counterintuitive, maybe, that you should own things that go in different directions. But, Justin, my professional comment to folks after I explain it is it'll all come out in the wash. You probably have a little bit better description of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, Diversification is really is really what you do in the absence of, of knowing the future, and you know it should be said that you know, even even investment professionals who are trying to predict the, the future, which you know we would put ourselves into that category to a degree, little bit, a little bit, little even bit, though, yeah. yeah, even those people are also you know, almost not. I mean, obviously not everybody, but the vast majority of folks who are managing money and who are trying to quote unquote beat the market or beat a benchmark by making proactive investment decisions are still diversified, right? They, you know, they're not saying, okay, uh, you know, here it is, it's going to be April of 2019. And I think that the asset class that's going to do best in, in April 2019 is technology stocks. So I'm going to put all your money in technology stocks and then go. we're going to hope that works. And then I'm going to switch and maybe next month it'll be gold and next month it'll be government bonds. And then it'll be, you know, industrial stocks. And no, it's that's very very rare now, and even you know even folks who are uh, who are doing proactive stuff are also doing it from a base of a very diversified portfolio, yeah. right? They're building their, their their stocks and bonds, lots of different flavors, and then the, what they're doing is they're waiting. You know, okay, I think I think uh, international stocks are going to do well over X time frame, so I'm going to put a little bit more of my money there. So it's not. We're, we're, this is not. Uh, I guess this is. This is not groundbreaking stuff. Most people are doing this, but we just want to explain that. <laughs> yeah, fo- yeah, folks. As a, as a corollary to that, you know, if you're looking for a financial advisor, and, and, and you know, everybody's thinking, well, I I want to look for an advance and financial advisor who's smart and by implication <laughs> knows the future. You yeah. know, uh, if if you know if your financial advisor you're interviewing says, I know what's going to happen, walk right out the door, folks. Okay, you know, when yeah. we meet people for the first time and and they ask ask us, well, what do you think the market's going to do? We start off with saying, we don't have a clue, but we think we can protect you against it, sort of a thing. Yeah. So, so it just kind of translates to a whole dump, bunch of different <laughs> perspectives, right? We say it's going to go up and down. Yeah. Uh, People, yeah, my, sta- my standard, you, you know the answer. Is, well, what's the market going to do? I don't know, but we think you're prepared for it. You know? Yep. Uh, you know what? It's before I jump into this, should we take a break now? It's almost 8.30. Are we, are we scheduled for a break? I think that would be fine. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. 